Are you looking for a way to save a little money? What about getting your subscriptions under control? If so, then I've got just the solution for you. Rocket Money. With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find a subscription that I completely forgot to cancel before the free trial was up. I'm sure you've all been there. And Rocket Money can help me cancel it. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each and every month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With them, I can see clearly what my monthly spending is and how it compares to the month before, making saving money and taking control over my finances so much easier. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. When tragedy strikes in a close-knit community, the shock seems to touch every single member of the city or town. On December 24, 2007, a massacre took place in a small rural town in Washington that left all of its citizens reeling. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. To say that the community of Carnation, Washington is close-knit would be an understatement. Just about 25 miles outside of bustling Seattle, this 1.1-square-mile city boasts just over 2,100 people. So it's one of those places where everyone knows everyone and one family's tragedy becomes the whole city's. It's considered incredibly safe and the perfect place to raise a child. And besides the random burglary or home break-in every blue moon, the crime rate in the city is pretty non-existent. Which is why the events that happened on December 24, 2007, were all the more shocking. The Carnation Massacre, as it would come to be called, took the lives of six people just before the Christmas holiday. 
There was Wayne Scott Anderson, 60, his wife Judy Anderson, 61, their 31-year-old son, Scott, his wife Erica, 30, and their two children, 6-year-old Olivia Anderson and 3-year-old Nathan Anderson. Almost an entire family was completely wiped out in the course of just a few hours. Erica, who had been shot twice, somehow managed to crawl over the back of the couch and dial 911, hoping to save her children with her dying breath. Before she got a chance to speak, one of the shooters walked up, pulled the phone from her hand, took out the batteries, and allowed her to huddle with her children before being shot in the head. The children were the last to die inside of their grandparents' home. And shortly after their bodies were discovered, the perpetrators were in custody. I guess it's difficult to get away with something like murder in a small town. The killers were 29-year-old Joseph McEnroe and his ex-girlfriend, Michelle Anderson, daughter of Wayne and Judy. So why would this girl methodically and brutally take the lives of every single member of her family? Once questioned, the couple gave a detailed confession saying that when they arrived at the Anderson home for the Christmas Eve celebration, Joseph joined Judy in the back room where she was wrapping Christmas presents for the grandchildren while Michelle stayed with her father. At some point, she grabbed a 9mm gun that they had purchased from a pawn shop and shot towards her father, but missed. Hearing the sound, Judy and Joseph came running into the room. Joseph then took his gun and shot Michelle's father in the head. Judy, of course, began screaming, and Joseph moved his aim towards her and pulled the trigger. She fell to the floor, and just before shooting her fatally in the head, he apologized. They hid the couple's bodies in the outdoor shed, used some blankets and towels to clean up the mess, and waited for Scott, Erica, and the children to arrive. Once they were inside of the house, Michelle confronted her brother, and as she pulled out her gun, he attempted to rush her and knock it to the ground. He was shot, Erica was wounded, and attempted to make the 911 call. Two deputies were dispatched to check on the call, but when they got there and found the gate was unlocked, left without checking on the home. The bodies weren't found until December 26th when one of Judy Anderson's co-workers came looking for her. Police were called, and while at the scene, Joseph and Michelle pulled up. They were brought in for questioning simply because of their relationship to the victims and their proximity to the crime scene. But as questions continued, a full confession was made. When asked why she executed her entire family, Michelle told police that she was tired, quote, of everybody stepping on her, and decided that if her family didn't start showing her respect by December 24th, she was going to kill them all. She said that she lent her brother Scott some money and that he had not repaid her. This and his marriage to Erica soured the once close sibling relationship, and she felt that her parents always took his side over hers. She was also angry that Wayne and Judy were pressuring her and Joseph to pay rent on the trailer they were living in on their property. Both Joseph McEnroe and Michelle Anderson were indicted for the murders, but waived their right to appear in court by making a full confession. Former friends, family, and Michelle's sister Mary, the last surviving member of the Anderson family, described the couple as extremely paranoid and estranged from the rest of the family. They met about five years before on a dating site, and Joseph had moved from Arizona to Washington with the intent to marry Michelle. The pair had clean backgrounds, but were described as misfits who avoided eye contact, 
rarely emerged from their home and had explosive anger issues. Michelle admitted to multiple news sources that she was guilty of murdering her family and wanted the death penalty. However, due to a state law, it is impossible for her to plead guilty. For months, she asked her lawyers to plead guilty, but they have told her that she cannot. She claims that life in prison won't be enough. The prosecutor did decide to seek the death penalty, and on September 21, 2011, she was deemed mentally competent to stand trial. Years passed, and Michelle Anderson was sitting in prison awaiting trial. She has refused to speak to her defense team for about a year and won't allow the defense psychologist to evaluate her. Finally, on March 4, 2016, she was found guilty of six counts of aggravated first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. Joseph McEnroe, who confessed in an effort to avoid execution, was found guilty of six counts of aggravated first-degree murder on March 25, 2015, and was sentenced to life in prison. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on December 25th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. <laughs>